0: Hello and welcome to the Oxygen Addict Triathlon Podcast. We're brought to you every week by our sponsors, PrecisionHydration.com.
1: Precision Hydration offer electrolyte drinks in different strengths to match how you sweat. Personalise your hydration strategy today at PrecisionHydration.com and get a free box or tube of pH worth up to nine ninety
0: nine using the code OxygenAddict. We're also brought to you by FoodCell.co.uk.
1: The next generation of nutritional carriers designed to allow endurance triathletes and cyclists to carry enough food and gels while allowing easy access. Check it out at foodcell.co.uk. And we're also brought to you by teamoxygenaddict.com. Event-specific training plans, coaching support from your host, Rob Willby, monthly video coaching calls and a private Facebook group for you and your teammates.
0: And a reminder to everybody, if you've not already joined our new Oxygenatic Triathlon Community Facebook page, jump in there. Just search for that on Facebook. Loads of lovely people talking triathlon. You're getting training advice and you're getting advice on races and all kinds of great stuff to interact with people. So something to do with your week for the seven, six days and 23 hours when you're not listening to us talking. Hey, hells
1: yeah, there's still a chat going on, so you can still get a bit of oxygen addict in in your system
0: <laughs> and hello and welcome to the show, and all of that has been some good racing going on this week, health hasn't there yeah,
1: I think Around Rob the compared to, yeah, there has compared to Kona it's not you know it's not it's not quite got the excitement of sort of post races as we had last week with with Kona has it?
0: It's not, but on the theme of Kona, we do happen to have. Oh boy, oh boy, do we happen to have an interview for you this week? Hells has tracked down the elusive third place finisher, Mister David McNamee from Scotland, who is on the show this week later on. So tune in and listen on. And I've got to say, what a what a great interview with him. That is Hells.
1: It's it, it's great. You will you will as ever. Um, you just get a, an idea into how he ticks and seems like a bloomin'
0: nice chap, doesn't he? Yeah. as well as a yeah. warrior in terms of being a competitor he's a jolly nice chap which we yeah. like here
1: he's just really 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 down to earth and um, i did notice that he's actually had a an update on his uh, website and um, there's a lot of photos on there and stuff now so you can go and check it out at davidmcnamee.co.uk it's a complete sort of revamp it looks really cool
0: oh nice good top tip There you go. right so should we jump straight and then kick off with the results from around the world this week
1: Yes, we shall, Rob. And I think there is one place to start. And I know I said I wasn't like that excited about post-Kona, but this person wasn't in Kona. She could have gone to Kona. She's had an amazing season so far. And Lucy Gossage, Rob, wins again. This time she uh, took the victory at Challenge Paguera. And um, she said that, again, it's sort of like a a bit of a smash fest um, ahead of her holiday.
0: She's someone who seems to be just like traveling the world, taking a bike with her, winning a race, having a holiday, going somewhere else, winning a race, having a holiday. (laughs) And doing massive days as an oncologist in between. She's just a legend. We keep saying this, don't we? How many races is this now that she's won off the back of, oh, I'm not really racing pro anymore. I'm just going and having a holiday and then racing pro while I'm there. Must be about five she's won, mustn't it? So Lanzarote, UK, Wales, seventy point three Lanzarote.
1: um yeah, a whole no,
0: Paguera. No, I've Paguera. probably forgotten some along the way as well.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. I've I'm I'm sure I will have forgotten a, a number, but um yeah, she it was another great result um for Lucy taking the win um at Challenge Paguera.
0: Yeah, and it looked like it was relatively comfortable as well. She didn't really kill herself on the run at the end of it. I think she had a cushion of about five minutes. So, uh, yeah, top work there. So pro women first place, Lucy Gossage in 4.26. Then Lena Berlinger from Germany in 4.31. And Katrien Verstuf from Belgium in 4.33.
1: And our friend Fenella Langridge in 5th, Rob, 4.35. I think she said something along the lines of afterwards, maybe it was one race too many because she's had a fantastic season, hasn't she? Um, So hopefully a bit of off time now for her. In the pro men's race, it was Pablo de Pena Gonzalez of Spain who took the win in 3.54 ahead of Manuel Kung and then Jaroslav Kovacic of Slovenia in 3rd.
0: Also racing around the world, we had 70.3 Shanghai and a massive return to form for... Who you're calling a super mum, Caroline Stefan, who is back after the birth of son Xander um, to win a second straight seventy point three. Uh, do you think we'll ever see a return for her racing back to Ironman levels?
1: I, I imagine if she wants to do it, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I imagine so, Rob.
0: Because she was she was very much the dominant athlete at Ironman, wasn't she before uh, mm. Daniela came along? So, be good to have her back in the mix.
1: I, I, yeah, I, I, to be honest, I don't know. Um, I don't know what the plans are, but um, she's certainly had a, a great race um, out there, and uh, she's just a one fine athlete, Rob. Um, and then Imogen Simmons, we had on. It wasn't she one of our ones to watch for?
0: I believe so. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, for the other season. So um, she was second uh, behind Caroline. Stefan.
0: Great stuff. Nice one.
1: And then Felipe Azevedo
0: took I'm so the... glad you said that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he was involved in a sprint finish with Matt Troutman uh, at 70.3 Shanghai. And he just pipped him um, at the line. And then um, Mitch Robbins was third.
0: You don't need to have a sprint finish at the end of a race that long, do you? That's no. brutal.
1: But it It's so much 3. fun to watch, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah,
0: it is. 70.3 is the new Olympic distance, isn't it? Do you reckon? I think so. Yeah, I think the it's basically like racing Olympic distance for double the time these days. It's pretty full on high intensity racing, isn't it?
1: I I just love how quick they all are. Yeah, it's there you go. No, it is. It's um, it's amazing how sort of yeah, just how how quick and how intense they can go at such a high intensity for for that many hours, and then obviously now Ironman has is also the same it's headed that way
0: isn't it definitely yeah
1: for sure and that's really really cool and then rob there was one more uh, race uh, over in asia as well this is now the season isn't it where we start talking about more races in asia and then australasia very soon and uh freddie cronenberg and yvonne van vlerken took the wins at challenge thailand
0: Do you know, I was just reading Yvonne Van Vloeken's website the other day where she categorically stated that she'd raced enough this year and she was going to give her body a break. (laughs) She wasn't going to race anymore. And then there she is winning. Well, I assume it's a 70.3 distance, right? Yeah, 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 Yeah. that's right. Yeah. Okay, but still, come on, Yvonne, holiday time now. You just wrote a big thing about how you were giving your body a... And I like Yvonne because she refers to her body as like another person. I'm going to give her a rest," was what she wrote, like she was resting a racehorse or something. <laughs> She's I, ace. The
1: um, her husband, Pear, who took Yvonne's surname. I love that. Um, when they got married, he um, he was also on the podium. I Robert, didn't know that. She,
0: he yeah. took her surname. He's now Pear van Vloeken. Legend. Yeah, that's brilliant. It's cool, isn't it? Yeah thought that'd make you happy. That's even more reason to love them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so Pear Bittner is now Pear Van Vloeken.
0: Very cool. Very good. Nice. Top work, Pear. Love that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and a big shout out there. Thanks to the sponsors of our results section Precision Hydration. You guys remember? If you've not availed yourself of this offer yet, you can do. You can get a free box or tube of Precision Hydration worth up to nine ninety nine using the code Oxygen Addict. And I tell you what, if you're racing in Thailand or Shanghai, that'd be the place to take a big old box of pH with you, wouldn't it? <laughs>
1: I was riding with someone on Friday who had a, a sachet or two of pH. She was testing it out for a big race she's got coming up. And um, we were fairly near the end of our ride and she decided to put another sachet in a bottle managed to get half of it on the pavement and half of it blew over my bike as well. It was quite um... quite clever. Yeah, I I think enough went in the bottle. It was like really okay. I'm I'm dramatising it.
0: It's it's good stuff for your body's electrolytes. It's not so great if it gets caught and you chain and you and you, you drive chain and all that kind of stuff, is it? Not ideal. Sub-optimal, oh no, it literally it just
1: sort of some of it just went on the pavement. Like <laughs> so, you know, no you know if you've got powder or something in your hand or sand or whatever yeah. and then the wind comes along
0: and it just Yeah, yeah. nightmare. Yeah, so I'll tell you bit. what, hells, I've had a bit of a return to the pool as of late, and PH has been helping me out ward off the old return to swimming cramps that were. When <laughs> you get back in and you're going, This is great, I love swimming, it's brilliant. I don't know why I ever took a break from the pool. This is ow, 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 my calves locked solid <laughs> after about four lengths. How long had you been out for? Well, out of consistent swimming in the pool for a long time. So I've got. well, like June? No, like since I've properly swum, it's probably years, Hells. I would say. Since I've properly really? done swim training in a pool, yeah. I've been getting in and doing some stuff in open water, but I've, I've not done any proper swim training in, in a couple of years. I've been running and biking, but swimming's gone by the wayside. So to get back in and to start doing some proper training has been a bit of a shock to the system, I can tell you. Are you training with a master's group now or just on your own? No, we've... Um, we've I, Team Oxygen Addict now has a headquarters with our own pool. How cool is that? <laughs> what? Yeah, we got we got offices. We were looking for uh, an office to work out of, and we were looking at co-working spaces. And in the end, we found a place that's got a gym and a pool in it as well. So, when work becomes too much, you go and jump in the pool and have a swim. How cool is that?
1: Uh, well, yeah, that's all right for some. That's very nice.
0: Yeah, you said it. You've got to you've got to find the good places to work. Hell's, it's no good being wedged in the back of the station and altering him is it
1: <laughs> maybe not so so then so are you are you swimming now what two or three times a week
0: yeah
1: if you can believe Finally.
0: that
1: no yeah. I'm, I'm actually struggling as you could probably tell i'm coming for you helen <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow damn this is this is a revelation rob it's it's not serious training Helen. i'm not gonna lie to you it's just getting in and doing some swim sets for the sheer fun of it that's all it is But my calves don't know that every time they lock up when I push off the wall. So thank you very much to Precision Hydration for sorting that out for me.
1: (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Now, Rob, as you can maybe hear in my voice, I've got a bit of a cold this week, which links nicely in with um, our coach's couch question.
0: Yeah. So we we thought we'd take this one this week from the. oxygen addict community facebook group we had a question from janie edward who i think this is a really good one to share actually hells because it's coming towards winter i know you said to me before i'm starting to feel like i've got a bit of a cold coming on you definitely aren't the first and you certainly won't be the last who coming out of summer and coming into the winter ends up with some kind of illness so do you want to go ahead and read out the old question in janie's voice for us
1: Yeah, I don't know what Janie's voice is like, but um, you can have my voice with a bit of a cold. So over the last couple of weeks, I've had a really nasty chesty cough, which has uh, necessitated the use of um, an inhaler as my breathing has been that bad. I feel like I've turned a corner and don't feel unwell now, but I still have a cough. The problem is I'm itching to get back to training and I'm worried about losing fitness. I have a cross-country race planned in early november any thoughts on when it's safe to return to gentle cardiovascular training
0: yeah not yet Janie. (laughs) that's the first thing the cool thing about the the group is that um The first person who jumped in on this, Mick Simpson, said, this is a question you should take to your doctor and not for Internet group. I'd hate to think any of us gave you bad advice and then caused you serious issues. And I think that's probably the best answer that could be out there, because if you've got any kind of illness that certainly that's gone onto your chest and is in any way a kind of chest infection or something that's causing you problems breathing, My personal advice is you need to stop training immediately and not do anything until it's completely gone and you're completely well again. I think in terms of my general advice in terms of if you've got a cold or if you feel unwell and it hasn't gone as far as a cough and it hasn't gone as far as a chest infection is, is anyway, give yourself a clear day after you have that sense of I feel perfectly fine and I'm sure I'll be all right to train today. Give yourself an extra day after that. In the case of having something like this, where we've got some pretty serious breathing difficulties, if it's been necessitating the use of an inhaler, um, it's you don't do anything at all. You don't do any cardiovascular training until you're completely well. You've been given the okay by the doctor, and I've said two clear days after you've got to the point of thinking, I am sure I'm completely well again. Now, I know there's a lot of people will be thinking... If I did that, I'd never do any training at all. But I just don't think you can be too safe when it comes to having serious infections of the chest and it starts affecting your breathing because, you know, we've all heard stories of this. And I've had athletes who've tried to come back too soon and they end up really sick. And you either get sick again. You either come back a few days early and that gentle session ends up turning into pushing yourself really hard just for the sake of it, or you know, you go to the gym and you go to do a a spin class and you get goaded into going much harder than you really mean to. We're our own worst enemies, but also our training partners are our worst enemies at times like this as well. So really take the time to get yourself well, because you can't get fit and get well at the same time. And you've got to put all thoughts of I'm losing fitness and I've got a race coming up out of your head because if you try and come back too soon you might not have a race coming up. And I think at the very extreme end it's worth pointing out you can end up with like serious heart infections from trying to push yourself when you run well like this. So be sensible. Take the time off and take a couple of extra days after you're sure that you're well again as well. Bigger
1: picture and all that as well, Rob.
0: Yeah, it's it's got to be, hasn't it? And you know our brain tells us that we're such driven people and we want to crack on and get the training done. And I'm the first person to say, you know, don't make excuses and get out there and work hard because this is a sport that rewards people who work hard. But there's a couple of examples in the group here of other people who've had this same sort of question. You know, Sasha says, I'm going through the same thing right now. I've got a chest infection and asthma. And then she says, don't worry about losing fitness. You'll get back to it in no time. You just need to give your lungs plenty of time to rest. So, Again, it seems like we're getting people in the group who are sensible and are pushing a common sense angle, which you don't always get on an internet forum. And I'm really keen to keep that group as a place where people get really good advice. And there's been once or twice I've had to kind of step in and say to people, do you know what, that that isn't the kind of advice we want to be given out because we want people to get well. We don't want people to get worse, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and actually, if you when you hear David McNamee's interview shortly he hammers this point home as well. And he actually calls himself an idiot for, for doing something when he wasn't feeling or he, he had been sick. Um yeah, so, totally. yeah, I mean, you will hear it from the, you know, the creme de la creme as well, not just from Rob.
0: I think that, I think that the thing to remind yourself is, Nobody wants to take their own advice. I don't want to take my own advice when I don't feel well and I want to go out and train. And as you said, it leads really well into the David McNamee interview where he tried to come back and race Austria, didn't he, just a few days after he'd been really sick, was great for half the race and then ended up walking the marathon. And so everybody has this incredible drive to do stuff and that's what leads us to get stuff done. But sometimes we need another opinion to sort of say, you know, I'm always saying, aren't I, my job isn't motivating people, it's telling them no when they need to hear no most of the time. So Dave's a great example of that, I think, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And he 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 says it as it is. He's a great guy. Well listen, let's let's go ahead and jump right into the interview with David. Before we do that, let's just give a shout out to sponsors, Food Cell. Um I think we've just got to the point we have. We've just had the announcement, haven't we, of the people, the three winners of the food cells after their competition we've had on the show for the last few weeks. So I'm going to do a drum roll, Hells, and then you can read them out. Ready? Okay. There we go. The three winners of the food cells are. <laughs> that was a really bad drum roll. Hells, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to audition for a part in, like, Led Zeppelin as the drummer.
1: <laughs> I couldn't really hear it. But anyway, so, uh,
0: Russ Squires. Sorry, Thanks. go again. Russ Squires. Russ Squires, congratulations. Claire Davis. Claire Davis, congratulations. And uh, an Instagram handle of TryGoston. It's very uh, that's very with it, isn't it? That The Instagram handle rather than Instagram name. Is that what we have on Instagram? Do we have handles? Yes, we do. Or it it could be Trigaston. It could be Triggerston. I think you're right. I think it's Trigaston. Yeah. I'd go with Trigaston. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. So uh, we also had a shout out from the sponsors there that there were 45 other people who will get sent a message with their 25% discount code by the 26th of October, which is going to be valid for four weeks. So... As we've been shouting out about them for the past couple of weeks, if you don't know what a food cell is, they are a fantastic solution to getting food, gels, bits of flapjack, whatever you fancy, chopped up pieces of Snickers bar in the case of uh, Lucy Future Charles. Uh, they fit on the top tube of your bike. If you've got one of the new new bikes, it's got those two little Allen key bolts. fits beautifully snugly in there with that. If not, they've got a really slick little Velcro system that firmly attaches it on the top. The really cool thing is slidey handle on the top goes backwards and forwards. You can get stuff in and you can get stuff out with one hand when you're on the move. Totally waterproof, which is brilliant. Removable really easily, which is brilliant because it means you can wash it and get all the stuff out of it afterwards. Aerodynamic, apparently with some of the leading tri-bikes, it actually makes the bike more aerodynamic with it on than not with it on. And you can actually get loads of stuff in it. You can get four big gels in one of those. So... As you might have heard me say before, I had a slinky little one before that looked great and actually couldn't get anything into it or out of it. So wasn't as much use as a chocolate kettle. So there you go, Food Cell. More use than a chocolate kettle. You can have that as your advertising tagline. <laughs> Head over to
1: foodcell.co.uk and you can get yours. So, yeah, let's hear then from... Uh, David McNamee, who was third at Kona this year at the World Championships, to back up his third place from last year. Um, but this year he did 8.01 and nine seconds, which is like the third fastest time in Kona history ever. Yet, yeah, ever. But it was still. You know, not enough for to, to take that win. So, yeah, a, a great performance again from David. And he, and he really has been sort of the consistent British performer now at Kona, hasn't he, over the past few
0: seasons? Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's jump right in with our interview of the week with David McNamee. David McNamee, welcome back to the Oxygen Addict
1: Triathlon podcast. How are the croissants? Oh, the croissants,
2: you know, delicious. Uh, especially yeah uh, it's helping me fight the jet lag and the broken body right now so yeah the more the merrier
1: When did you get back from Kona?
2: I actually flew home pretty much straight away Uh, so we left Monday night so we got back yeah Wednesday morning and yeah it's been like four or five days now but yeah just after the race everything the body is yeah it's not happy still
1: where 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 hurts or just everywhere?
2: Just everything. It's just I sort of I've been going to like the swimming pool just to do like fifteen, twenty minutes and yeah, I just have the body's just numb still. So just the general numbness which generally lasts after Hawaii for two or three weeks and Yeah, it's the fact that I've had a great result again is yeah. It's a satisfying feeling, whereas I'm sure if I'd had a terrible result, then I'd have hated this moment.
1: (laughs) And are you, like, I mean, are you able to sleep again now? Are you just catching up on sleep? Uh, I'm very
2: much catching up on sleep. Obviously, the night before the race, I got like two or three hours of sleep. And then the night after the race, your body's so sore that I can't sleep. So, yeah. It's crazy you're so tired, but the body just aches, and yeah you have this situation where a part of you really wants to sleep and a part of you just refuses. And then, yeah, the next night, there was, like, the party and stuff, and then I got back, and it was, yeah, it was a nice time that I could actually phone my girlfriend, because, obviously, the 12-hour time difference, so I spoke to her, and then I finally went to bed at like three thirty, four o'clock and then six AM the drug testers were here and Oh no. Yeah, and then the next flight the next night we flew home and yeah. I think I worked it out in five nights. I got like eight hours of sleep over the five nights, so yeah, it's very much playing catch up, which yeah. Uh yeah, so thankfully I'm sleeping well at night now. Uh, I wake up early, but then I have a little siesta during the day and yeah, I will be good. A couple of days, and I will be good again. I hope.
1: Did you have family out there with you in Kona this year, or, or anybody like who was in your sort of your team?
2: Uh, my team is very much just yeah me and one of my best friends, uh, who also helps coach me, which is sort of makes things easier. So yeah, just me and Alex. Like last year, it very much works well. I yeah, Alex is one of the the people in life that I trust the most and that's very important to have in Hawaii. And, yeah, he can do everything. He sort of, yeah, helps sort of write my training and he does a very good massage, he knows how to cook, but more importantly, he just knows how to take the stress of the whole week off my shoulders.
1: Did you feel more stressed or more pressure this year?
2: Uh, I... a little bit not a great deal I think ultimately because the last 3-4 months racing wise has went so awful that yeah nobody really expects much from you when you come into the race having did very little since the year before uh, which helps sort of with regards to they don't ask you the questions on sort of how are you going to win and stuff because yeah Ultimately, yeah, let's be honest, sort of, I did Ironman Austria three months ago in, in July and, yeah, it was awful. Uh, yeah, so, I don't think, there was a little bit more pressure, but in general, yeah, I think ultimately the most pressure I ever put on myself, I, I feel is on, I put on myself. Yeah. You know what I mean. That, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Everyone knows what
2: I mean, you know. It comes, there we go. I I've used about 300 <laughs> words there when I could have used three. <laughs> yep, there, there was a little bit more pressure, but ultimately, not really. I, I love to race, and ultimately, I was there just to race.
1: And did you, but having had such a sort of up and down, kind of not the best year at all, like, I don't know, did you feel like, oh, I really hope, that there is a bit of luck coming with me into this one or did you feel in a good place? You knew like I'm ready for this and I have been it's just the races have not gone to plan.
2: Well, this is the thing I've been in very good shape the whole year but I just twice I've got sick the week of the race for example like before Ironman Austria I had a really bad stomach infection without going into too many details the week before the race and but before that, I was doing, like, incredible training sessions. But then I had four days where, yeah, I was just, yeah, unable to train, really badly ill. And then I I was flying out to Austria on the Wednesday, four days before the race. And I was so excited that morning that I could finally swim three kilometers in the pool and feel like, I didn't want to just go back to sleep, but then I'm like, and I convinced myself, ah, oh, okay, you'll be okay, you have at four days now, but you look back and think, what an idiot, like, there's no way you're going to go from swimming three kilometers one day to racing an Ironman four days later, and yeah, I very much proved that. Uh, I was racing for a good two or three hours of the Ironman, and then just, surviving slash walking for a lot of it
1: was it a pretty humbling experience on that marathon
2: yeah very much i think yeah obviously with my sort of running pedigree everybody expects me just to jump off the bike and then run like a 245 marathon uh and obviously in austria that's you know i jumped off the bike and tried to run a 245 marathon the first 10 kilometers were at 245 marathon pace but then Yeah, I slowly started to go into a jog and then, yeah, with like 15 kilometers to go, I just, yeah, I had to walk because the first time in my life, I got to the point where I just had no energy left and, yeah, very much a humbling experience. It very much showed me how things can change because the week earlier, I felt I was in fantastic shape. But, yeah, that very... I was the last 15 kilometers is something that will always stay with me in Austria because even though support at races are incredible for like when you're leading the race or fighting for the podium it's the first time I've really had and shared the support and encouragement that you give to other athletes when you're sort of really at that low point. And especially in the offshoots, laps in the run course, and yeah, you're there, you're surrounded with by other people. Usually I'm in a situation where I'm running past people, whereas here you're running. you're running along in groups of like eight or 10 people just speaking to each other, trying to keep encouragement going. And it showed me another side of the sport. And for me, that was a great moment. It's one that I hope that I don't need to repeat again in the future. But it was still a great moment. And, yeah, that's one of the highlights of my year was the camaraderie you have with your fellow athletes when, yeah, the Man is kicking you in the ass. And then, you know, you're walking through aid stations so you can eat, you know. I think there was, like, pretzels and stuff in Austria. And that's much tastier than sort of trying to throw a gel down your neck when you're running along at four-minute kilometer pace.
1: And missing and then getting sticky hands the rest of it. Oh
2: very much so and you know it goes all over your face and stuff and yeah you're a mess by the end of an hour man.
1: Did you think of quitting during that marathon? No I think
2: no, no I don't do many races a year and for me, it's very much, you quit one time, it's a lot easier to quit further down and late. Like, you do it once, it's easier to do it again. And, you know, I had Alex, my friend, there as well. And I remember sort of running past him at one point, And he was very much, you. you get to the end no matter what. And I just had, at times I just had to hear that. But for me, it was... I'd have been in, as much as it was a humbling experience, Austria, it never felt embarrassing. Because Ironman is that brutal that ultimately, if you complete it, you don't need to feel embarrassed. Even if you have an awful day, just completing it, you can walk away feeling proud. And that was the thing, yeah. In Austria, I knew just, just completing the race I was like, no, I can hold my head up high. I did everything I could. And I think that's the beauty of sport: is that if you can look back saying, okay, I was awful, but I tried my hardest. I gave it everything. Then you can always walk away proud. Whereas if you quit, then you're always going to quit.
1: Those are words of wisdom, David McNamee.
2: Oh, I wish I could always speak like that. (laughs)
1: oh no no great words of wisdom and i guess it also validated your kona slot right
2: yeah so very much validated my kona slot but yeah again yeah if i had so you know you're going along at such a slow pace you and a part of me is like oh well because you don't want to go to hawaii having did one ironman and for it to be bad so a part of me was thinking okay well I'll do another Ironman because I want to feel like I've raced a full one before Hawaii. But ultimately, that never happened. And yeah, thankfully, I got rid in the Austrian that validated my slot for Hawaii. And yeah, I was able to go and race again this year and obviously, yeah, finish again in the podium. So,
1: obviously, you would have gone to uh, Hawaii this year wanting to finish at the top of that podium. Did you come away? Sort of thrilled with having got onto the podium with third again, um, but obviously not quite meeting those winning, you know, that top of the podium.
2: Yeah, I went this year to try and win. That's I, you know, I very much told people that I wanted to win the race. I think, but the truth <laughs> is, I went last year wanting to win win the race. It's just people were more aware of it this season. Uh, but no, I, again, like I crossed that finish line in Hawaii having gave everything. And this year it was good enough for Third again. I feel like this year was a better performance than last year. And yeah, Third quickest in history in Hawaii is, you know, it's got a nice ring to it. Uh, but yeah, ultimately I gave it my best shot. I yeah. I can I'm lying here right now on my co- couch and I very much know I still gave it my best shot because I'm still walking. So yeah there was no disappointment. It's very much, I gave it everything and I just wasn't good enough to win the race.
1: What were conditions like this year? Everyone said just how quick it was. Did it feel you know, more comfortable heat-wise and things like that than compared to last year and previously? Uh, I
2: think very much early on in the bike. It was a lot cooler than in previous years. We had a lot of cloud cover. We even had a little bit of rain going up. High V on which is the hardest section of the bike, which was nice, and then yeah, there was a lot less wind on the bike course than in previous years. But yeah, the run was hot as always, and they changed the run course slightly this year, and it's a slightly more challenging run course I feel, and that's probably why the run times weren't as good as last season. Uh, but yeah, the big difference this year was. The first two I was on the bike, it was relatively cool compared to previous years, which obviously helps and yeah, you know, Hawaii is famous for the wind and this year there was very little.
1: When you got off the bike, did you still think, I, I, I can still win this?
2: Uh, no. Uh, I, It's difficult because I got off the bike and I didn't really know how far ahead others were. And you don't really know in Hawaii until there's an out and back after six or seven kilometres. So I got off the bike and I knew Patrick was ahead of me at that stage. And Patrick is such an incredible runner that, yeah, ultimately when the quickest run in the field, you've given him a head start. You're never going to see him again. Uh, so yeah, I very much got off the bike knowing that today wasn't going to be that. It was very much still going to be the day that I left it all out there and my aim coming off the bike was like, I'm going to try and claw myself into that top ten no matter what. So I started running off very quickly and hoping that my legs were good. Uh, but yeah, the victory was very much not in my head by that point.
1: And how how do you keep going like so consistently through the through the marathon?
2: I think it's being prepared for the conditions. I think it's making sure you're in Hawaii in your best shape and being able to mentally deal with the fact that sometimes the race isn't going how you want it to be, but you don't give in. You don't, you still give it everything you have. I think a lot of people, when they get to Hawaii, because of the world championships and they feel in good shape, they very much think they're going to have this perfect day where everything feels easy and effortless and they're going to have the rest of their lives. But that's not Ironman. It doesn't matter what shape you're in. In every race I've ever done, you go through highs and lows. And it's about accepting that fact. And especially in Hawaii, when it's so hot and humid, it's a lot easier to sort of ease up a little bit when things are going wrong, rather than being okay. This is difficult, but I'm going to keep on pushing through and hope that further down the lines, my legs start getting back together and I can keep on going towards the finish.
1: Did you see Javier Gomez at the finish? Did you have a word with him, or did you see him in the days leading up to it? What was it like having him there in the mix?
2: Yeah, I've known Javier for probably eight or nine years, and yeah, when I started ITU, he was the king. When I left ITU, he was still pretty much the king. So to have him in Ironman was, yeah, it's great. Like Harry is a great guy, just full stop. Uh, and yeah, I've known him for a long time, and it, for me, it was nice to have another person that I call a friend in the start like Obviously, an extremely talented friend, and yeah, a great competitor. But yeah, it was great to have Javier in the race and. I saw him afterwards, uh, we had drug testing, so, you know, after the race in Hawaii, it takes you a long time so you, until you can pee, so you have a lot of quality time with each other after the race, uh, but yeah, I think he obviously didn't have the race that he wanted to, but he'll be back, and yeah, Javier will have you as Javier, and yeah, he's yeah an incredible athlete, and yeah, an incredible person.
1: And was it weird not having Jan Fredino there this year?
2: Uh, I don't know if it was weird. I think Patrick came back as defending champion and everybody, once you get to Hawaii, you sort of re- remember, oh, okay, Patrick won this last year and he broke the course record last year and he can run two 39 marathons here. And also, I think Jan had a fantastic season, obviously. But Hawaii is different and everyone knows Patrick always bases his year around performing at the World Championships. And yeah, I think sort of as soon as we got to Hawaii, people sort of remembered that and all of a sudden like Patrick, who's been very quiet this year, was all of a sudden on a he is the favourite for this race.
1: Have you felt more confident this year as a as an athlete, David?
2: I started off more confident, but then I got flew to Oceanside and got sick and couldn't race. And then I came back to Spain. And yeah, I had two great races in May with winning Marbella and then coming second to, Bar- uh, to have you in Barcelona. But then, yeah, I did Ironman Austria. And obviously, yeah, we've talked about that. And then, in August, I went to the Vici 703 And, yeah, I got out of the water in the lead, and I was leading the first three, four kilometers in the bike, where all of a sudden, yeah, I punctured. I tried to use the pit stop. It didn't work. And then I, I was like, oh, okay, so I'll wait for the mechanic to come. And then they're like, oh, sorry, we don't do mechanics in this race. You'll have to just... Get yourself back to the hotel somehow. Oh no! Which was, yeah, was, uh, cycling through sort of Vici Town Centre with like a completely punctured front wheel was, yeah, as you're in your aero helmet, tri suits, yeah, it was A, I'm sure I was very amusing to the car drivers, and B, yeah, it was a bit dangerous. But yeah, I think, yeah, just with Oshu and Vici, especially after Vici, I. I started to doubt myself, which doesn't happen much when it comes to racing and training. It had been, yeah, it had been like a very frustrating three, four months. And yeah, especially, yeah, it was the first time for a long time I'd sort of started doubting, doubting whether I could go back to why this year would perform like I did the previous year. But thankfully, I have a team around me that sort of, yeah, got my head back in the game. Uh, there was definitely the three, four days after Vichy. There was very much a lot of like soul searching slash me just being grumpy and frustrated, which yeah <laughs> ultimately wasn't beneficial to anyone. And yet, I was lucky enough to have the support around me to sort of be like David. You just have to trust that sort of all the bad luck for the season is over with. You can very much. Perform again. I know, sort of. At times, it feels like nothing can go right. But yeah, yeah. So I suppose I had the confidence. I lost it, but thankfully now I have the team around me to sort of yeah give me that back. And yeah, obviously now I'm a very confident athlete again.
0: Yay!
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it, it must. I mean, it must. I, that I, that is obviously part of sport, isn't it? That you have good races, you have bad races, and you know when you've had a, a good race or a good experience, your confidence is sky high, and then something bad happens, and it it is difficult to to remain confident.
2: Yeah, I think sort of uh, it is especially in other sports because you race so little. It's not like, okay, well, I've had two bad football matches, but next weekend we we'll have another match and we'll get the confidence back then. It's very much, you know, sometimes I have two months between races. And, yeah, it's a long time. It's a long time to sort of think. And sometimes overthinking is, yeah, not productive. And, yeah, this season I went from May until October, until yeah. Uh, May until October having nothing but bad races and bad luck. And, yeah, that's a lot of time. And that's a lot of soul searching.
1: You must have felt like relief finishing third at Kona. Uh,
2: I felt very much relief when I got off the bike. I very much felt relief when I got off the bike and thought, okay, that's it. Uh, I'm good. I've had no mechanics. Now it's mechanics, mechanicals. It's very much just about my fitness, and when it comes down to that, I love it. Uh, but yeah, I was very much yeah I went into Hawaii this year a bit more obsessive with regards to like hygiene and stuff. I was very much the walking, talking hand sanitizer this year in Kona. Uh, yeah, and then sort of been very obsessive about sort of tire choice and yeah doing anything I could to sort of minimalise any sort of mechanical problems.
1: Coaching this year, I know when we spoke last year, you had, you'd been doing some training with Jan Fredino. What's changed this year, like with your coaching? You mentioned Alex um, does a lot of work with you. So can you sort of talk us through the, the coaching setup?
2: Uh, so yeah, so last year, Obviously, I did a lot of work with Jan and that, you know, that obviously benefited me massively, let's be honest. Yeah, But Alex has always sort of helped coach me. Uh, but yeah, this year I did sort of a lot less training with Jan. And part of that, yeah, obviously I became very much a rival. You know, this is our job, this is elite sport and we want the same thing. We want to both be the world champion, and yeah, as much as me and Jan still get along, we're still friends, it was very much, yeah, it's probably one of the difficult things that came for my success last year, was that all of a sudden, I went from being the training partner, arrival, and that's that was difficult. So yeah, this season we've done a lot less together, uh, but yeah, ultimately I, I I think that was one of the satisfying feelings is that I felt this year that okay you you did this yourself there you can sh- you've proven that you as an athlete can perform and you understand. Training and racing enough that you can you can do it to yourself. You don't need to always look towards others.
1: And that's a massive mental shift, isn't it?
2: Ah, uh, very much so. And I think I think that's why I left this the race this year with a much more feel satisfying feeling and the confidence that gives me as an athlete. But maybe also as a person is immense.
1: And I guess there, there had to be a few sort of adult conversations then with Jan about that and and just, look, you know, respect you as a friend, respect you as a triathlete, da-da-da-da, but we just can't train together anymore.
2: Uh, yeah, we obviously had some conversations and, yeah, we very much... I think straight after the race last year, things were, yeah, things were normal. But that's because you were post Hawaii and everybody sort of relaxed, holiday mode, songs rather than going cycling and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, as the season got going and it was, there was a just a different dynamic, and yeah, we felt that it was better that we both concentrating on ourselves and what we both need to perform rather than yeah rather than sort of having this uh underlying tension more than anything that ultimately it's tough to train with someone day in day out when actually it'll come to the point where your only thought process is how do I beat this guy
1: yeah
2: yeah it's it's one of the tough things about sport is that ultimately yeah you get to the point where yeah you all you want to do is beat the other people and yeah that's the bottom line is that people remember the champions people remember the people that were on the podium and there's thousands of people that want that podium and yeah ultimately there's only three slots on that podium
1: so have you been doing a lot of training on your own then this year or do you still have a few sort of training partners um in and around Girona I do
2: probably about 80% by myself which I uh, especially during the season so it changes a bit so during off season I have some friends that are like semi-professional cyclists so I go and train with them uh but then all of a sudden train race season comes around and I'm on the time trial bike and that's very antisocial
1: yeah, they uh, like, get out
2: of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, very much, like, I get to the point because a lot of the training I do is very specific to me, obviously, and very specific because, like, the power numbers I need to hit. So, yeah, then that very much is, yeah, I need to focus on what I need to perform. So during race season, I do more by myself. And then the off-season when I can relax a little bit, go out on the road bike and just don't care about what's and just enjoy being enjoy doing what yeah the sport that i love
1: and do you love girona even more this year than than you have done over the past couple of years like years like do you feel even more at home
2: yeah this is very much i've been here for three years now i feel i feel very much like a local now almost it's yeah i have a lot of great friends here uh I have a girlfriend here and very much her family have sort of, yeah, they see me as yeah, part of their family now, which for me is very nice. There's lots of family payers and all of that sort of stuff. And yeah, there is nothing better than coming back from like a four-hour bike ride and going round to the grandma's for paeer.
1: Oh, that sounds great.
2: Yeah. So now very much, yeah, this is sort of, yeah, I miss Scotland, of course. Uh, it's great that this week my family are here in Girona so I can see them and yeah I try and get back to Scotland when I can but now Girona is very much my home especially yeah my girlfriend and her family are very much yeah they're from Girona and yeah it's sort of I don't see myself moving anytime soon.
1: And what are your plans over the next few weeks then for for a bit of off-season?
2: Uh, so right now I'm just relaxing and I get to be, my sister's here with her baby, so I get to be an uncle for this week, which is nice, it's, yeah, I've not held many babies and the baby is only six months, so, you know, it's still a mixture of, like, love slash excitement slash fear when they give me the baby and that I just don't know exactly what to do and I just pray, please do not cry, do not cry, uh, so now it's very much just relax. I might still do one more race this season but I'll see how my body recovers uh, last year uh, it took me a good 5-6 weeks to recover from Hawaii so we will see what happens but right now it's very much just about yeah, enjoying the fact that my family are here and just enjoying life
1: and one final question, oh, what, what do you think will make the difference to get on the tough with that podium at Kona?
2: It's tough. Uh, yeah. It's something that I need to try and figure out because as much as third place is it's incredible, I don't want to be third again next year. Uh, I want to win. I want to be able to say I'm a world champion. And... Yeah, I need to try and figure that out. Ultimately, everybody knows how incredible an athlete Patrick is, and to go 752 in Hawaii is insane. So yeah, I need to. Well, I say I need to try and figure out. I've got people around me that are a lot smarter than me, so I will let them figure out, and all I will just do is follow the training.
1: Sounds like the uh, that sounds like a plan.
2: Yeah, I spent too much of my younger years being an athlete trying to overthink and second-guess the coach so right now I just very much yeah rely on them being smarter than me me which is not very difficult and yeah I just follow the training program and have confidence and faith in the people around me
1: nice one David thank you so much and congratulations again on your third place third fastest Hawaii time in history in 8.0109 that is insanely quick and uh, enjoy the next few weeks of downtime.
2: Perfect. Thank you very much.
0: Great to see him have a really good performance after what's been a really tough year. And, I know. Yeah. I, I loved the thing he was saying, how he sort of started to question himself a little bit about whether he could still do it after having, you know, the the various things that happened, the illnesses and the punctures and things like that along the way. So that's got to be a massive part of his mindset going into it, thinking, you know, trying to stay confident that, he could still potentially win it despite not having had the results he wanted this season, so great to see him do that and eight oh one i know eight oh one and and it was it's really interesting Rob how
1: he said and this shows the you know words to this will be words to your ears or um whatever the phrase is but he says at the end, doesn't he that he now he follows the plan he he now trusts his coach that actually And he used to overthink everything. And now it's like, nah, I'm not going to waste my time worrying about it. I trust the people around me that they're going to do, they're going to put that program in place. I have to go and do the training and I will be right up there.
0: That's brilliant. I love that. And it, it just goes to show that it doesn't really get much better than David McNamee when you're on the podium at Kona. And he goes through the same stuff mentally that every single other person, every single age group goes through, which is that constant reevaluation of am I doing the right thing at the right time? Should I be doing more? Should I be doing less? Should I be constantly questioning it? I bet he saved so much mental energy by just deciding to let all that go. And kind of surrender to his coach, (laughs) surrender to the training plan and just go out and put his energy into getting the work done.
1: Yeah. And just and just having that, having that trust, isn't it? And, And having that confidence in yourself.
0: Yeah. I'm convinced that there's a we actually do physically burn energy by worrying about stuff. It'll take away from our performance. And if we can remove that doubt and remove that worry, we're doing ourselves a massive favor for sure.
1: Oh, I think you can translate that to normal life as well. And um, naturally, I am probably a, a little bit of a worrier, and overthinker. And I think more recently, I really have tried to take away some of that and just worry a little bit less and think, actually, you know, really just try to take myself away out of that panic, 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 because what's the point?
0: Totally could not agree more and hell's you're not alone we're in a sport of type a personalities aren't we and that's one of the characteristics of the type a personality that we try and control every single variable and then once we've controlled them all we then think about them in bed for half an hour before we let ourselves go to sleep to make sure they know they're being controlled (laughs) i i have recently been uh
1: put a notebook by my bed um just to write a few things down to enable me to switch off yeah that's a great tip yeah i'm trying to find the occasionally find the off button at the moment so uh, yeah yeah. net net notebook i can't talk today Rob. this is what happens when you have a cold and then you drink about a zillion lem sips it's just like the words are not functioning in my brain properly um but yeah notebook by bed I write in notebook. It helps.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to an interview just the other day with uh, Elon Musk from Tesla, who said he does the same thing. He just can't turn his brain off and he's got a notebook by the bed that he writes ideas down. And the next morning he wakes up and thinks, you know, Oh, relaunchable rockets. That's a good idea. Let's do that today. So okay. there you go. I'm who knows, for hells? the
1: relaunchable, relaunchable rocket moment.
0: <laughs> oh, brilliant. Right. Well, Last thing to say before we wrap up today's show is um, is to wish everybody the best of luck if you're racing out in Ibiza. We've got the ETU. I'm not going to get the title of this right, but the the European, I guess, the multi-sport championship. European Championships. European That's it. Championships. So they've been,
1: yeah. So they've started um, like this weekend, and they go on all week. And at the end of it is the European middle distance. Championship race. So we mentioned Challenge Paguera earlier. That was out in the um, in a similar part of the world, wasn't it? A few years ago, it's been in Austria, hasn't it? It's been in Italy, and now it's going to be in Ibiza, which is that is quite a cool end of season race,
0: isn't it? It's meant to be really cool. Yeah, I've got friends who are out racing the duathlon and said it's been really well organised. So I think they've got standard duathlon, cross duathlon, aquathlons coming up. Aquathlon, I should say, coming up this week um and then is it saturday i think saturday is the middle distance race so yeah best of luck to you if you're one of the one of the british contingent out there racing um looking forward to seeing those results athletes who are listening of mine you know who you are go out and have fun it's the end of season party (laughs) i've told them all to take games you know like at the end of school when you take battleships they got to do that (laughs) just go and have fun All the hard work's done. Go and put the GB suit on and play Kaplunk. (laughs) Take the pressure off.
1: Love it. Love it. Um, And if anyone does still want a Fueled by Cake, Rob, then uh, head head over to fueledbycake.com. Still got some books left in the run-up to Christmas. It will make an ace gift. It's all for charity. It's £10. Cake recipes from the likes of Chrissy Wellington and Rachel Joyce and Laura Siddle, fueledbycake.com.
0: Love it. And a big shout out again, just before we finish to our sponsors, remember that if you're after something from Precision Hydration, you can use the code Oxygen Addict to get 9 pounds worth of pH. You can go over to foodcell.co.uk And you can check their products out over there. And if you click the link in the show notes, you can get a free training webinar from me and Team Oxygen Addict about how to train for your 70.3 and Ironman for next year. And a couple of actions, please. If you want to join our Oxygen Addict Triathlon Community Facebook page, we'd love to see you over there. And if you could see you way clear to leaving us a review on iTunes, ideally if it was a five-star review, that would be lovely. Thank you very much. But all reviews gratefully received that really helps us show up in the itunes um store and uh yeah that'd be brilliant so okay everyone have a great safe racing and training week if you're out in ibiza get out there and have lots of fun we'll speak to you all again next week i'm coach rob willby i'm helen murray and you've been listening to the oxygen addict triathlon podcast take it easy everybody see ya